Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events behind the scenes footage and so much more plus you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon it's in you please be in it visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now that's podcast with an s thanks from kqed From KQED in San Francisco, this is Forum. I'm Mina Kim. For the past three years, millions of Californians have been able to get a lot more help buying groceries. But that pandemic-era food stamp increase is about to end. Come April, people who've been getting more than $280 a month under CalFresh, California's version of the federal SNAP program, could see their monthly benefit drop to as low as $23. That could mean having to choose between paying a bill or eating a meal. Meantime, food banks are bracing for a spike in demand. We look at the impact of CalFresh benefits dropping and where to find additional food support. Join us. Welcome to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. Food banks across California are bracing for a spike in demand, as nearly 3 million households, or roughly 5 million people, will see a significant drop in their food stamp benefits in a matter of days. That's because participants of CalFresh, California's version of the federally funded SNAP program, will lose their pandemic-era increase come April, all as part of the federal wind-down of the national COVID emergency. Do you participate in CalFresh or work to address hunger in California? How are you preparing for the drop in benefits? That's what we explore this hour. And joining me now is Becky Silva, Director of Government Relations for the California Federation of Food Banks. Welcome to Forum, Becky. Thanks for having me. Also with us is Caroline Danielson, Senior Research Fellow at the Public Policy Institute of California and co-author of the yearly California Poverty Measure Report. Welcome to Forum, Caroline. Thank you. Happy to be here. Becky, I want to start with you. Your organization represents some 41 food banks. How are they feeling about the coming drop in CalFresh benefits? And I should ask about their ability to meet the likely increase in need. Yeah, thank you so much for that question. So food banks are rightfully really worried about the ending of CalFresh emergency allotments. So food banks, you know, across the board have been reporting that they're still serving many, many more people than they were compared to pre-pandemic. And what we're about to add on top of that is another surge in demand as people lose um, really critical amounts of CalFresh benefits that they've come to rely upon. So, you know, as families see a decrease in their benefit levels through CalFresh, they're going to be looking to other resources in their communities to help fill that gap and to make sure that they can still put food on the table for their families. So food banks are really worried. 
We know already from states that have already ended their emergency allotments that they've seen a spike in people visiting food banks. And we're really anticipating the same in California. So I would say that food banks are really worried um, and they're trying to do all that they can to prepare. Yeah, you said that... uh... The critical drop in CalFresh benefits is creating that concern. Talk a little bit about that pandemic-triggered boost in food aid. It was quite significant. Can you just give us a sense of how much money will be pulled back, depending on who you are and your need? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, since March of 2020, when the COVID-19 pandemic began, CalFresh recipients have been receiving this boost to their benefits to bring them up to at least the maximum benefit amount for their household size. So these extra benefits, as you've already said, are called emergency allotments. And it means that all households have been receiving at least a $95 per month increase to their benefits or an average of about $82 per person per month. And I also just want to put it into perspective California currently has about 5 million people on CalFresh or about 3 million households. And statewide, the CalFresh emergency allotments have totaled about $500 million per month. So it's a huge amount of benefits um, and they've been absolutely critical. So once these emergency allotments end, SNAP benefits or CalFresh benefits will average only about $6.10 per person per day compared to about $9 per person per day over the last three years with emergency allotments in place. So in some extreme situations, it will mean that, for example, for a household of one, it might mean that their benefits go from $281 per month, which is the current maximum, down to just $23 per month, which is the current minimum. Um, For a household of two, the current maximum is $516 they might also go down to $23 per month. So we're talking about, you know, on average, we're expecting that um, households will receive or um, reduce their benefits by about $200 per month. So it'll be a really big shock um, and really devastating for these families. And of course, Caroline Danielson, this is also coming at a time when food costs are higher, inflation still needs to get under control. You've looked at the impact of pandemic emergency benefits on poverty levels in California. Did it, and particularly this CalFresh increase, did it make a dent? It definitely made a dent. Um, And this is looking at the program as a whole. We find that it lifted about a million people out of poverty with the most recent data that we've crunched, and that pertains to fall 2021. With the rollback of emergency allotments, that doesn't mean a million people will be in poverty because CalFresh benefits are still around, and they have been increased for inflation, but they will be lower, as Becky mentioned. And we don't have an exact number on how many more people may be in poverty as a result, but it could be up to a couple hundred thousand people in California. Wow. And just remind us how California defines poverty. Sure. So in the SNAP program or the CalFresh program, the um, family must be under 200% of the federal poverty line. So that's about $46,000 for a family of three. And after some allowed deductions, they need to be under 100%. So that's about $23,000 for a family of three. 
Um, in our California poverty measure work, we've updated those thresholds to account for California's higher cost of living. And actually, California's poverty threshold, according to our California poverty measure estimates, is about a third higher than that. So mm. program eligibility doesn't necessarily reflect you know, what a basic budget really is. Um, but those are kind of the ballpark do- dollar amounts we're talking about in terms of um, the poverty line. I'm so struck by your statistic that uh, it looks like the CalFresh program lifted more than a million people out of poverty. If this benefit is so beneficial, why is it going away? Just remind us. Absolutely. So the CalFresh or SNAP program is a, is a stimulus program. So during recessions, it can be used as a stimulus program. So during recessions, just like the federal government and in, during this past pandemic recession, the state government issued um, tax uh, stimulus payments, um, and the increased child tax credit was very beneficial to lifting families out of poverty in 2021. The CalFresh program was increased to provide additional stimulus because it's a targeted program that's going to low-income families to buy a basic need food, groceries, and that also helps local economies because they're spending it quickly within their local areas. And Becky Silva, the state has no plans at the moment to help maintain some of that increase that happened? Yeah, so that's a good question. It's, you know, it's important to remember that, um, you know, California has been maximizing these emergency allotments that have been allowed federally for the duration of the pandemic. These emergency allotments um, that that all states were providing at one point are, are optional. So we're really grateful that California really maximized that opportunity to provide those extra benefit amounts. Unfortunately, the decision to end those emergency allotments was a federal decision. So um, there isn't much California can do on that front. But um, we are, you know, we are pushing for changes. So federally, we really hope that Congress can pass a really strong farm bill that includes the Closing the Meal Gap Act, which would go a really long way towards federally permanently raising um, benefit amounts. And then here in California, at the same time that we push for federal fixes, we're really grateful for leaders like Senator Menjivar, who has introduced a state bill, SB 600, which would raise the CalFresh minimum benefit from the current $23 up to $50 um, to make those benefits more meaningful for households that only qualify for the minimum. So, you know, we're pushing for action federally and also doing what we can at the state level to try to mitigate harm as well. Yeah, but even $50 doesn't sound like very much, especially when you compare it to what you were saying amounted to in total about $500 million a month more in terms of um, benefits that people were receiving across the board. And speaking of which, Becky, you were you were talking about individuals and households and the differences that they could receive, the drops that they could experience. But if you could just dig into that a little bit and just remind us who tends to participate in the CalFresh program and will likely be particularly vulnerable to this program ending. Yeah, absolutely. So I would say that, you know, I think I mentioned a moment ago, but it's 5 million people that are currently on CalFresh in California. It's um, families with children, it's single adults, it's older adults, it's people with disabilities, you know, it's anybody who you can think of, you know, it's your friends, it's your neighbors, it's people in your community 
that have really come to rely upon these benefits to put food on the table. And I also just want to reiterate, you know, $23 per month as the minimum benefit level, um, you know, that's barely enough to allow you to buy a gallon of milk, a loaf of bread and a dozen eggs, um, let alone supporting your grocery budget through the entire month. So, you know, it's going to be really devastating for these families that are going to see a dramatic and sudden drop to their benefits. And just in terms of there are other food aid options out there, but just can you put in context for us, Becky, just the significance of CalFresh itself, the importance of CalFresh itself? Yeah, CalFresh is an absolutely critical program. It's our best defense against hunger, both nationally and in California. Like I mentioned, it it supports 5 million people just in California alone. It allows people the dignity and choice in going shopping, buying groceries, choosing what they're going to feed their families with those benefits. It also helps to support the overall economy. So we know from research that a dollar in CalFresh or SNAP um, generates um, during an economic downturn a dollar eighty in economic activity because those are benefits that people go out into their communities and spend. You know, you spend it at the grocery store or your local market or maybe even your farmer's market. And so those um, benefits not only help to support the people who use them to buy food to feed their families, but it also benefits the entire community. We're talking with Becky Silva, Director of Government Relations for California's Federation of Food Banks, a nonprofit consortium of the state's food banks. Caroline Danielson is also with us, Senior Research Fellow at the Public Policy Institute of California. And you, our listeners, are invited to join the conversation. Have you received extra pandemic benefits through CalFresh? How are you preparing for the change in funding? Have you experienced food insecurity How did you cope? What was your experience? Would you support the state having the funding continue or or trying to backfill some of the need? A policy that would allow for more funding after these particular federal funds drop. 866-733-6786 is the number to call. Email forum at kqed.org. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at KQED Forum. More after the break. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. You're listening to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. During the pandemic, the millions of Californians who relied on CalFresh to help pay for groceries received additional 
emergency funds. That ends this month, and participants in CalFresh and advocates are worried about the impact the loss of funds will have on hunger and poverty in California. We're talking with Becky Silva of the California Federation of Food Banks and Caroline Danielson of the Public Policy Institute of California. And you, our listeners, can weigh in with your thoughts and questions about the program, the impact of the benefit, the extra benefit going away, or if you have stories to share about your own experiences of food insecurity. Email forum at kqed.org, post at KQED Forum on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, or call us, 866-733-6786, 866-733-6786. The listener writes, the governor wants us to think he's always looking out for vulnerable people, so why isn't he or the legislature funding a way to continue this program? People who benefit from this support don't need less food because the pandemic is over. And some would even argue that the pandemic is not over. Joining me now to talk about his own experiences with CalFresh is Tom McSpadden, who lives in Citrus Heights. Tom, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you. So can you tell us just what the pandemic emergency funds for CalFresh meant to you? How much did your CalFresh allotment go up? Um, in 2020, my, uh, my allotment went up from I was getting $70 a month from CalFresh and I'm on a a fixed income and uh, I'm 69 years old, disabled. And uh, I was getting $70, but the thing that's relative here, I I mean, I was getting $70, but in in 2020, the inflation was at one of its lowest levels. And I was having, you know, we were paying $2.80 for a gallon of gas and $2.30 for a gallon of milk and $1.99 for a loaf of bread. So that $70 supplemented me along with my 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 other income and and I was able to do do okay. And then when then we got when the pandemic started we got the extra allotment and for me for a single person it totaled 280 dollars a month which means i got um 210 extra dollars a month which meant um you know it meant that it, it meant that i could eat better i'm diabetic so i have to it's more expensive for me to eat the way i'm supposed to eat and and it worked out fine, but as the pan- pandemic progressed, so did inflation. Mm. And so, pretty soon, um, the, the my diet or the the amount of groceries that I was able to get, it's it started shrinking. Yeah. Till now, um, the two hundred and eighty dollars that I get, um. Uh, barely pays for my food because inflation is at its highest level. And that same gallon of milk now is $5.15. And a loaf of bread is $3.99. And a gallon of gas is over $5. So the the $280 that I was getting um, barely covered just staples, my regular groceries. I mean, I, I didn't go to the meat counter. I, I, you know, I, I don't know how long it's been since I've had 
steak or pork chops or chicken, something like that. I have to eat um, things that aren't pasta that I can make and, you know, last a few days and things that aren't really good for me being diabetic. And um, they, um, you know, and, and, and when they cut it off, when I got the letter in January that they were cutting it off, I called, you know, I called Medi-Cal to see what I could do and uh, or if there was anything to do. And, and it's kind of funny. I pushed the wrong button and I got a lady answered the phone. Her name is Erica Ledbetter, and she actually works for CalFresh. And she said she could help me, and she has been wonderful. We went through all of my, um, you know, utilities and mileage and everything and they were able to to find me another $54 so now i'm getting $124 from calfresh but that's still $155.56 less than i was getting and i wasn't able to eat properly right. with the 280 that I was getting. It so, wasn't even going that far because, as you were saying, inflation was making it not go as far as it did, say, back in 2020. Exactly. But, Tom, exactly. I guess I'm curious, um, is that where it will stay come April, yes. $124 for you? So I literally will be, I literally, you know, will be 150 six dollars short of what i was and i don't have the you know like i said i'm on a a small fixed income and so i'm literally not going to be able to eat there is um and going to a food bank is is great to a point when you're diabetic a food bank um you know, bless their hearts, when they fill up a box, it's it's with grains or rice and things of that nature that are not, you know, they're not good for uh, somebody that's diabetic. And I'm not going to go get a box of of food that maybe 20% of it I, I can eat and not eat, you know, I'm, I'm not going to do it. I'll, I'll let somebody else have that who can eat all of it, and, you know, and but it wouldn't be good for me to to eat uh, have nothing but carbs and and sugars and uh so i'm i'm in a i'm i'm in a, i'm quite honestly i don't know what i'm going to do um because i mean there is no um like i said um you know god bless erica and calfresh they did find me another 54 dollars with mileage and medications that I that I spend money for and things like that but by taking this away this allotment away they're they're leaving me $150 short of what I was barely squeaking by with before and mm-hmm. when it was 280 yeah uh, people and are- I feel sorry for the kids I mean there's just like the numbers you were saying are staggering the amount of people just in California that are on CalFresh, and a lot of those are children, and and they're they're they got more you know they were allotted more money 
per month to feed those kids. And, but they're, that means they're just getting more taken away. And, you know, it's just the reality of it is there's going to be a lot of hungry people next month, me included. I'm just so struck, Tom, given all of that, that you're thinking about who could benefit from using the whole food bank box or about the children. Thank you so much for sharing your story. It was really important to hear, Tom. Well, I'm glad. Thank you very much for getting it out there because um, I I myself did not know the numbers until this, you know, the person that the other person told told us the numbers in California and that, you know, that's staggering, yeah. uh, and you know, and and uh, that there's that you know there's gonna like I said there's gonna be a lot of hungry people next month. Well, Tom, Tom McSpadden, again, so appreciate you being on with us to to help us understand what that really feels like—a 69-year-old Citrus Heights resident who receives Cal Fresh benefits. I want to bring into the conversation now. Jeannie Kwong, a reporter for Cal Matters. Jeannie, thanks so much for being on with us. Hi, thank you for having me. You were the one who introduced us to Tom, and I, I really can't thank you enough for doing that. You've also reported on how there are other populations who will be affected that we haven't mentioned yet, one of them being college students. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah. So um, with the pandemic came a lot of different expansions of social programs, um, one of them being these emergency allotments in CalFresh, which provided extra benefits for everybody who gets uh, food aid. But there were also a lot of um, loosened or I guess more flexible eligibility rules, um, one of them being for college students, um, college students, in, you know, for the most part. Um, under federal law are not eligible for food stamps unless they meet a number of um, pretty complicated exceptions, um, such as be having a disability or working 20 hours a week or being a single parent, um, for instance. Um, but during the pandemic, Congress allowed college students to get on food aid with um, just a, um, a much wider eligibility rule. And so California colleges have been really rushing to get people on the program. Um, we know from state reports that as many as a third of California college students have reported experiencing food insecurity. Um, but the participation of students in the program is is rather low. It's, um, you know, more than 100,000, but up to 700,000 in California could qualify. So um, now that that eligibility rule is ending soon uh, with the end of the public health emergency, there is also a scramble on the on the part of advocates and on, on the part of colleges um, to try to get more students on while those more flexible rules are still in place. Um, and so those rules are ending soon as well um, in June. Well, you're talking about how effective this program can be for college students. And what that reveals, basically, is that more college students should be participating than than who right now are signed up for the program. Becky Silva, this is something that I've heard quite a bit about California and its benefits program, that there are a significant number of people who are eligible who don't end up um applying for these programs. Why is that? 
Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think it's a number of factors. Um, you know, some people might not know about it. The process might feel too cumbersome to engage with. Um, you know, you might get partway through the process and then feel discouraged and then decide that you don't want to go through with it. Um, you know, once emergency allotments end, people might feel, you know, once they hear what the benefit levels are, they might feel, well, I'm not sure if it's worth it. Um, you know, you might have language barriers. You might um, have sort of technology barriers if you're not comfortable engaging with the process online. You might have transportation issues if you, you know, if you don't, if you can't engage with the process online and you live in a really um, rural area where the county office is far away. You know, I think that there's a number of reasons why the participation rate in California is a little bit lower um, than than it is in other states. Well, this listener tweets, my 94-year-old grandma is getting $95 less each month on SNAP. She pays 50% of her income to have in-home support, so there's no extra money to cover it. The family will have to help. Again, if you want to join the conversation with your questions or experiences, you can do so at 866-733-6786, posting on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at KQED Forum, or emailing forum at kqed.org. Adolfo writes, this is why we need universal basic income. In terms of other populations um, that will be vulnerable, we've talked about Caroline now, seniors, the disabled, college students. What kind of food aid is available for undocumented Californians? That's a that's a good question. So in California, like in all states, undocumented immigrants are not eligible for CalFresh. We do have a replacement program in California. We've had it for a number of decades called CFAP or California Food Assistance Program. That is for immigrants who are not federally eligible, but it's not currently for undocumented immigrants. Um, however, lawmakers are expanding um, the CFAP program to include immigrants um, ages 55 and older um, starting in 2027. So there will still be a gap for younger undocumented immigrants and their families, by the way, because many undocumented Im immigrants live in mixed status families who made themselves be eligible, but their benefit level is lower because they have ineligible members. Hmm. Well, Spencer writes, I'm concerned that the restriction of SNAP benefits will mean that many people will have to rely on faith-based food assistance programs, which often require people to participate in religious program or service in order to obtain food. Often these programs are Christian programs, which can discourage people from seeking the food assistance they need, particularly those of other faiths or LGBTQ I plus people. I have found this particularly troubling. Becky, we were talking a little bit about participation, but is Spencer right here that faith-based programs may have certain requirements? Yeah, so that's a good question. So, you know, I think we mentioned earlier that our organization represents 41 food bank members that are scattered all across California. And in turn, those 41 food banks partner with over 6,000 local organizations to distribute the food in their local communities. And most of the time, those, you know, one of the benefits of those programs is that there's no questions asked. So to answer your, you know, the the um, the conversation just a moment ago about people who are undocumented, um, food banks can often be a lifeline for people who don't qualify for programs like CalFresh or other federal programs, um, because they can go, you know, they can go to a food bank or a food pantry local distribution site, 
and pick up food and immigration requirements are, are not present. It's much easier to, to access food. And so, you know, some, some um, food distribution sites may be located at um, religious organizations, but a lot of them are also located at schools or community centers, YMCAs, you name it. Um, there are literally over 6,000 um, local agencies all over California that distribute food locally to their communities. Well, the Zisner writes, I have a variety of chronic illnesses and was unemployed last year. I worked full time for 41 years, but am too young to retire. The elimination of the extra SNAP dollars will hurt people like me in a number of ways, such as not filling medication prescriptions due to copays I can't afford. Another listener writes, did she say the maximum benefit for two people is around 500? As an upper middle class family of four, we stick to a comfortable food budget of $800 each month. But I think $80 per month per person should be sufficient for food alone, assuming zero other resources to supplement. Is it a food program or a supplemental income for other expenses? Becky, do you want to take that? Sure. So I will say that, you know, SNAP was, or at the, you know, what we call CalFresh in California, but SNAP federally was never designed to be an entire person's food budget. It was always envisioned to be kind of a supplement. And so even before the pandemic, when emergency allotments were instituted, food benefits, SNAP benefits were, were not enough for households. There's a lot of data documenting how people run out of their SNAP benefits before the end of the month. And that that is when visits to food banks spike because people don't have their food benefits anymore. And so we know that increasing SNAP benefits is going to be a really effective way um, to improve food security, to improve economic security, nutrition, health, performance at school or at work. You know, I think it's also really important to consider that when people are given enough food benefits through through CalFresh to purchase food, that means that um, you know a little bit of their other household budget is freed up to make sure they can afford things like utilities and rent and childcare and other necess- necessities that SNAP doesn't cover. So you know, it's, I think it's a totality of all those programs combined that really helps to support people. Again, we're talking with Becky Silva of the California Federation of Food Banks, Caroline Danielson of the Public Policy Institute of California, and Jeannie Kwong of CalMatters. And we're talking with you, our listeners, about CalFresh extra benefits, pandemic emergency benefits going away, and the impact. Stay with us for more. I'm Mina Kim. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. 
You're listening to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. We're talking about the end of emergency pandemic funding for the CalFresh program, which means recipients will receive anywhere from $95 to $265 less a month to pay for food. We're looking at what this means for participants in the program and for hunger and poverty in the state. We're joined by Jeannie Kwong of CalMatters, Caroline Danielson, Senior Research Fellow of the Public Policy Institute of California co-author of the yearly California Poverty Measure Report, and Becky Silva, Director of Government Relations for the California Federation of Food Banks, a nonprofit consortium of the state's food banks. We're also hearing from you, our listeners, on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. You're emailing forum at kqed.org, calling 866-733-6786. Let me go to Catherine in Oakland. You're on, Catherine. Thanks for calling. Hi. Um, thanks for having me. Um, I guess I I just wanted to call and say one way that I'm a SNAP recipient and one way I've been able to stretch my dollars a little bit has been there's a program where at the farmer's market here, they'll match up to $10 um, for EBT users um, to get produce and stuff. So I, you know, don't have constraints of like childcare. So I'm able to spend more time like cooking and making myself food from scratch, which is generally a little cheaper. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Catherine, I'm so glad you have found that helpful, and I'm so glad you've also noted that program. I actually want to invite KQED Senior Engagement Editor Carly Severn into the conversation. Carly's been looking into what people can do to get additional food support. Hi, Carly. Hey, Mina. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that program that Catherine is talking about? Absolutely. So that's called Market Match. And what you do there is you use an online map, if you just Google Market Match, um, and you find the map and look for farmers' markets or participating farm directors outlets in your area that you can go to um, during their opening hours with your EBT card. And how it works is you go to the information booth and you say, hey, I have EBT, I have CalFresh, and I would like to spend X amount of dollars today at the farmer's market. And then they will give you tokens for that amount and match each dollar with another dollar, essentially. So it's kind of, you can look at it as doubling your funds or getting a 50% discount, however you like. And just talk a little bit about if one of the things that uh, one of our earlier callers, um, Tom McSpadden, mentioned was just the value of e- being able to just talk to someone on the phone. Um, Erica, wherever you are, it sounded like it was so incredibly beneficial. And, and so I'm wondering, is there anyone people can call to talk to about their needs, Carly? There is. So there is a 24-hour hotline, which is 211. I do want to stress it doesn't work in every area, but it works in a lot of areas. So the idea is that you call 211 and you can speak to someone and be connected to talk about food assistance. You can also call call CalFresh Direct and explain your circumstances. And it sounds like Tom had a lot of luck with actually getting his CalFresh raised because one thing we always recommend is that make sure you're getting all the benefits you're eligible for. If your income has dropped, if your expenses have raised, you could be getting more CalFresh. So that's really important to try and connect with someone in, you know, on the phone, as hard as that sometimes can feel. And again, I should remind people that this information is on KQE d.org. Carly's piece is called Your CalFresh Benefits Will Drop in April. Here's what you can do. Well, this listener writes, where is Governor Newsom in this discussion? Why is he not continuing or expanding the program? Jeannie Kwong, can you talk to us a little bit about what the governor's response or lack of response uh, as this listener feels um, has been to some of the some of the advocacy that's been done asking for the state to try to backfill some of the loss of this increase, of this pandemic increase? 
Yeah, absolutely. So the loss of this uh, boost in aid has come at a pretty tough time for California because we're looking at a budget deficit this year of more than $20 billion. And so a lot of lawmakers um, have been proposing different ways to try to at least partially backfill this loss. Um, there are proposals in the legislature to, um, you know, expand pilot programs that give um, SNAP participants extra dollars each month if they're buying California-grown fruits and vegetables at certain retailers or um, there's, you know, another uh, proposal that Becky mentioned earlier to use state money to kind of fill in that minimum benefit so that it goes from $23 a month to $50 a month and then have everybody else's benefits also, um, you know, increase at a proportional amount. Um, but the problem is this budget deficit. And so I have asked the Newsom administration, you know, what do you think of these proposals? This is an upcoming huge loss in um, people's budgets. And, you know, what we've heard so far um, consistently this whole year is we have a budget deficit. Um, we're not able, I quote from the Department of Finance, we're not able to make any type of significant commitment for additional state funds for this or for any number of other programs until we have a better sense of what the state's fiscal picture looks like. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of been the line we've heard so far um, from the governor's office all year. And um, so far, the uh, Department of Social Services at the state level has been directing people to food banks. Well, let me go to Winifred in Ontario. Hi, Winifred, you're on. Uh, yeah, um, I was receiving $556 a month in 2020. I started getting CalFresh. Now I'm receiving $116. I try to stress my dollar going to the 99-cent store, buying cheap things like oatmeal, grits, nuts. Um you know, I think the government should put its money into cheap kinds of living, uh, like get tents for people, you know, set up a place where they can you know, live, live intense if necessary, or set up bathroom and toiletries for them, and have a place for them to farm for their food and and water. You know, that, that is, that's at least a way of life. Mm -hmm. When you try to tell people to keep up with the Joneses and they're in a dire straight like this, and can't, it just creates squalor. I mean, they're living out on the streets, don't even have a place to use the restroom. If they, if, you know, have, have to have to sit up there and stink and suffer, and even, you know, it just brings about the worst situation for people crying. Yeah, so when Fred, you know, you said there are different ways to live. You know, there's farm life forest life, you, you know, living like the Indians in tents is better than just lying to someone that they should try to keep up with the Jones. <laughs> when, <laughs> yeah. Oh, Winfred, I, I, I'm so curious. You said that your benefits will drop to $116. Is that after April or do you, do you know whether they will drop more next month? Oh, yeah, it's definitely going to drop more more next month because, see, what it is is they started giving me 556 but it's just a ripoff because I keep calling them. They've done it three times and did co correct it. So I'm receiving $116, but they're supposed to be giving me 556 So mm -hmm. it's just a ripoff that they're doing. And I'm about to call them and tell me, give me all that back money, especially since I'm about to lose it permanently. Oh, well, Winfred, thank you for, for sharing your experience. It's making me wonder, Carly, there are people who really also do feel like there's been 
they have questions about their benefits, how much the benefits are going to drop, or whether or not they're incorrect. Like, Winfred, where can they go for that? I think connecting with CalFresh folks is always going to be a good way of finding out whether you're getting the right amount of benefits. Um, we are striving to really dig into this on KQED. We have this page, kqed.org slash CalFresh. You can go there. And all of the resources that we've been talking about, the market match, the food banks, uh, extra food assistance from your county, everything is listed there. And it also breaks down exactly why this drop is happening and how much your benefits could drop. But hopefully, you should have heard about this already. Uh, my fear is that there's going to be some people finding out for the first time in April when that second payment does not go through to their EBT card. They're going to be finding out about this for the first time. The state has insisted it has been reaching out to people uh, to try and inform them of this, but it's, it's hard to reach everyone with that kind of communication. Yes. And as you say, you do have on your site the PDF that shows what your monthly income would be and what the drop could potentially be in case people just want to get a sense of the ballpark amount that it's going to change. Yeah. Right? And and there you will see as well that the official CalFresh advice is you can get free food from your local food, food bank. I'm not paraphrasing that. That's literally the official advice. And then, of course, we've been hearing from food bank representatives saying, well, we're being squeezed, too, by that same inflation that's making it really hard for people to stretch their dollars in the grocery store. And Becky, this listener writes, how can we make sure that everyone in California has enough to eat? I donate to Alameda County Food Bank. Is there a California food bank? Many Californians have more than enough money. Why can't our tax dollars pay for food for everyone? For this listener, what would you say in terms of the effectiveness of donating to a food bank, California food bank, I guess is the question that they have as well. Yeah, I'm really glad this caller asked that. So I would definitely, and thank you so much to, to that person for, for su- helping to support their local food bank. So I would definitely encourage everybody to reach out to your local food bank to see how you can help. Um, there are lots of different ways to help. You can volunteer, you can donate food, you can make a financial donation. Um, and on our website, you can find a list of food banks Um, in your local community. So every county in California is served by a food bank and you can find that full list on our website. Um, And I would also encourage folks um, to sign up to receive updates from our organization, the California Association of Food Banks on ways to get involved in advocacy and taking action. So there's a link to sign up for updates at the bottom of our homepage, cafoodbanks.org. And we send out emails periodically about ways to take action from you know, asking your member of Congress to take action on something, um, and also sometimes things on state action as well, asking your state senator or assembly member to support a bill or proposal to help to support people who are experiencing hunger. So those are just a few ways that I would encourage people who are listening to get involved. Well, the listener writes, seniors should check out Meals on Wheels. They deliver one meal a day. Caroline Danielson, We were talking earlier about just the power of CalFresh to be able to lift people out of poverty. But it also sounds like while these programs are really great, and I'm really glad that we're hearing about them and being reminded of their existence, it also does sound like that there is a certain flexibility in terms of how you use CalFresh benefits that also makes it very powerful. Can you just talk about that? That's correct. Uh, you know, CalFresh benefits are meant to support an adequate diet. But since food is a basic need, and generally, as I think Peggy mentioned, um, the research shows that most people, low-income folks, are not uh, are spending more than their um, CalFresh allotment on food in normal times with emergency allotments. We don't know exactly how much that may have changed, but um, 
since that's the case, food is sort of, it's like cash at that point, because you would have already spent that money if someone had given it to you in cash. So the food benefit is like cash. And so it's flexible in that you're spending on groceries, which are a basic need. Um, Let me just remind listeners that we are talking about the end of emergency pandemic funding for the CalFresh program going away. And you are listening to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. Let me go to caller Peter in San Francisco. Hi, Peter. You're on. Yes. Hi. Thank you very much for having this program. Uh, Two things, really. Uh, First of all, I wondered if you could talk about the numbers for eligibility, you know, for minimum and maximum, excuse me, benefits uh, for single people of whom there are quite a few, and uh, so that it's also easier for people to understand what the level of, shall we say, generosity or adequacy is of the programs. The other thing is, it seems to me that food has gone up more, and certainly basics have gone up like eggs. I used to be able to get large, extra, extra large eggs at Trader Joe for under $2. Now it seems it's hard to get anything for less than double that. So I'm wondering, how is the inflation adjustment for these uh, food programs figured? Because the overall inflation might not be the same as for food or for basic foods. Yeah. Jeannie, let me go to you on that. Jeannie Kwong. Jeannie, are you there? Let me Yes. Uh, in terms of just the role, the way that inflation affects the way that, that the benefits uh, are <laughs> as beneficial as they can be. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we heard from Tom um, how much different, um, you know, just the the different amount that his CalFresh dollars were able to be stretched at the grocery store as inflation got worse. Um, I was just looking at some numbers from this year. Groceries cost overall 11% higher this past January than this time last year. And so I do think that, um, you know, the CalFresh benefits kind of staying at those maximum levels for people really helped them through a time when food costs were going up. Um, Another thing I wanted to point out about inflation that I thought Tom's story particularly illustrated for us was that he's um, he's a, a, a single adult who's on a fixed income. He receives Social Security. Um, He had told me when we last talked in February that he got an inflationary bump in his Social Security income in January because of, you know, how much prices overall have gone up over the past year. Um, It was a historic inflationary increase, one of the largest increases in Social Security in history. And as a result, the amount of his normal CalFresh benefits actually went down because it was a corresponding increase in his income. And so the loss of like the extra benefits had kept him at a at a higher amount during the pandemic. Um, but once they go down, he's actually that's it was kind of an, an extra drop for him. And so I think, um, you know, I'm glad that you bring up single adults and particularly older people, because I think um, from what I've heard that the loss of the emergency benefits is going to hit those kind of single person households in particular. And Becky, anything you'd add to that in terms of Peter's questions specifically about the way that uh, the state takes into consideration uh, inflation and also individual benefits. Yeah, absolutely. So I will just add that um, the the USDA, which sets um, federally SNAP benefit amounts or CalFresh here, um, they do a cost of living adjustment on SNAP benefit levels um, every fall. 
And so, you know, that is meant to help to kind of capture the issue that we're talking about now with inflation, but it's always a look back, right? So it's always um, them looking at data over the past year to look at how inflation has impacted the cost of groceries, and then the amount is recalculated, but it's always, um, you know, it's, it's always a bit late in terms of it's, it's looking at past data to determine benefits for the future. And so I just want to reiterate something that I talked about earlier, which is the, um, you know, that we're really hoping for a really strong farm bill this year, federally, we really want Congress to pass a farm bill that includes um, a more meaningful increase to benefits that will be permanent federally. Um, so we're really calling on our congressional leaders to make sure that they fight for whatever they can in the farm bill to make sure that those benefits continue to rise and support people's basic grocery costs. Elizabeth writes, because I have leukemia, I depend on SNAP for my food budget. It was a shock to me to learn what I may purchase using food stamps or SNAP benefits. I cannot purchase a box of ginger tea bags because the ginger is considered a food supplement. On the other hand, I can purchase bottles of Coke or Pepsi. Before receiving my SNAP benefits, I did walk eight blocks to the closest food bank. I would accept almost anything offered to me, walk home and unpack my bag. Each time I would cry when I saw what was given. At least half of it would need to go straight to the green food waste bin due to being spoiled. Becky, there has been, and we're just at the end of the show, there has been reporting that overall nationwide food insecurity was not that statistically different in the three years of the pandemic. Um, And that led some, for example, the Conservative American Enterprise Institute to question the efficacy of these extra pandemic benefits. What do you say to that or to that lingering question if it remains for people? Yeah, I'm actually really glad for this question. So to that, I would say that that is the proof that these programs work. You know, we would have seen much, much higher levels of food insecurity if it weren't for these programs that helped to support people. And so I think that we should feel really glad in knowing that what we've seen is that these programs work. It's proven that these programs help to support people. They keep people nourished, healthy, fed. They keep people being able to engage at work, go to school with a full belly. Um, So I think that is the proof that we need that these programs work and that we should keep investing in them. Becky Silva of the California Federation of Food Banks, Caroline Danielson of the Public Policy Institute of California, Jeannie Kwong of CalMatters, and Carly Severn of KQED. Thank you all. Thank you, Grace Wan and Caroline Smith, for producing today's segment. Thank you, listeners, for sharing your stories. They mean so much. This is Forum. I'm Mina Kim. Funds for the production of KQED's Forum are provided by the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, the Generosity Foundation, the Germanicos Foundation, and the Heising Simons Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. 
Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.